Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Radical Early Retirement Podcast. My name's John, and you come to the place where we explore radical ideas to get back the most important resource to us, and that's our time. Uh, So (laughs) I know it's been a while. If there's any of the regulars here, I appreciate your patience. Thank you again. There's been clearly a lot going on this year in my life, our life everyone's I'm sure everyone's going through kind of something you know um but to give you some updates here on this pod we'll talk about a few things uh I'll give you cancer updates on my mom uh, just a little preface uh, not not good I think um and then we'll talk about kind of the current recession status which I think a big one's coming but uh we'll talk a little bit briefly on what I'm looking at and watching for. And then lastly, we'll talk about Bitcoin, which um, I think is showing a lot of strength. So uh, let's dive in and uh, have a chat here. Okay, so with the cancer updates with my mom, uh, currently she went to the ER yesterday. Um, and, uh, actually let's start back. So where I last left you, we were kind of talking about what has happened. Um, basically when I started seeing her, they, they started visiting us, um, you know, from, from out of town and we, we kept noticing, like my wife was like, you know, something's off. Like your mom's really tired. You know, she'd be just like staying in the room instead of out and about, which is more so like her typical, you know, she's got a lot of energy. And so it just, something's off. Like when she's walking, like she usually walks a lot. And now when she'd walk, uh, it would be very labored or just not interested at all. So clearly something was up. And so before they flew out, actually the day of, uh, we forced them to go to the, um, Gosh, it's funny how stubborn people are, but I myself am too. So it's, but when you have family pushing you, I think that's really helpful at times. So I guess what I'd say is if you're ever not feeling that great and it just seems like it's been uh, lingering, definitely get it checked out ASAP. Okay. So at any rate, we had them go to urgent care. They did some imaging, came to find out that there is a lot of fluid in one of her lungs. Like it's totally filled up. So they delayed their trip back, and then uh, in the next day drained literally three liters of fluid out of her lungs. That is a lot, if you can imagine. Um, and so that was a little bit scary because then we had no idea, but clearly that doesn't sound like something that was good. And then fast forward after like four weeks of testing, being out, out in the open, not knowing what's going on, uh, finally come to find out it's mesothelioma, which is like the typical origin of it comes from asbestos so for anyone who works construction or like works on cars or maybe you're in old buildings be careful asbestos is all all around you um the worst part is i have no idea where it came from it could have been from our my childhood home which was kind of older it could have been from my mom's growing up where she grew up from which was in the philippines uh, you know, it could have been some of the buildings she worked in, uh, throughout her careers, you know, so it's hard to say, I have no idea. And my dad doesn't either. And 
none of us know. So I think that's kind of where it's very perplexing for all of us. Uh, but nonetheless, she ended up going through three chemo treatments over the summer. And, you know, in typical chemo fashion, it kind of kills your your drive, your food, your, you can't hold down food, you don't feel well. Um, and then after enough imaging, it looked pretty good enough that they were willing to go to immunotherapy. And actually immunotherapy is where she didn't respond very well. Um, she started having uh, neuropathy. Well, first off, she had a reaction where uh, like her heart rate started accelerating significantly during the, the therapy. And so they decided to monitor her, keep her for a little bit more, and uh, give her some medicine to try and counteract like the, the reaction. And I think there was a reaction to that personally. It was almost like a, like a Benadryl or something similar. And it seems like it, she ended up with neuropathy where there was like no feeling in her hands and legs. Her legs started swelling up significantly like her feet. And fast forward a few more weeks and delayed immunotherapies uh, because of this. And here we are. She's uh, in the hospital. I'm just waiting for visiting hours to open up. <clears throat> and uh, we don't know. They're kind of out in the open, done more testing. It's taking forever. They, they won't keep you up to date. Um, so I'll give you more updates in the future, but it sounds like her other lung could actually be having fluid in it now too. So it's a little bit, um, on the scary side and for anyone else, you know, uh, if you're going through something, I'm, I apologize. I wish you the best. And for anyone who isn't, you know, take your health seriously. Like, uh, you know, watch out for your family members, do what you can, uh, and get second opinions. Um, uh, this originally started out as like, Hey, I'm having pain. <clears throat> it kind of feels weird. I'm having labored breathing. This is like early in the year, I think in January and it's currently November. Right. And so the doctor where my parents are living, were living at the time, uh, took an image and was like, Oh, it's like a quarter sized, you know, lump on your lungs or something, but we're cool. Like if you're still having issues, reach back out. And she reached back out a few weeks later and the doctor was like, oh, you know, it, it should be okay, but well, how are you feeling? You know what I mean? And at that point, I have no idea because I wasn't there to see what mom and dad were saying or what they're doing, but I can understand the confusion because at the time it's like, oh, maybe I don't feel well, maybe it's COVID or something like that. Um, so I'm not sure where the potential misdiagnosis or malpractice or lack of action came from. Uh, but it's just get second opinions as much as you can look out for your loved ones and, and hold them close. <clears throat> All right, let's, uh, we'll take a really quick break and then we'll get back into the next two topics here. All right, we're back. We're back. Uh, all right, let's talk about the next two big items here. So we're gonna talk about recession and Bitcoin and recession right now. This is an interesting one. So it's November of 2022 for reference. Okay. Um, we have raised, the Fed has raised interest rates like substantially. I'm not even tracking it anymore just because it's gotten to a point where I know the trend. I know where we're headed. There's lag times with this, but we've been raising by like 75 basis points or three quarter points. Um, 
I think four or five times now, and I don't even know where we're at for interest rates, but I'm sure if you're looking to get a loan, we're probably touching like the eight, nine percent range, probably getting close to double digits soon. And so what does that mean exactly? Well, for one, everything tends to be not instantaneous. There's a lag time effect, especially with the economy, where something that happens today that's like a noticeable change in the winds takes a few minutes for those sales to like pick up or a few months, I guess. I don't know why I said minutes. Um, So think about it this way. If we're raising these rates, what's going to happen when a few things are going to happen, right? Say you as a person are trying to get a home right now and you start seeing those interest rates and you're like, okay, cool. But what's my bottom line? How much would I pay per month? And so that is where it starts to get you. It's like, hey, you're paying like three times or four times or even five times more interest than you would have in the past. This now starts to become a point where um, you might not be tracking that, but your bottom dollar, like your cash flow in and out is what will determine if you make a spend, right? It's like, oh, well, if I decide to spend more money here and prices are going up everywhere, I can only afford less stuff. So you start to buy less. And when that happens, it means you spend less money at Target, Walmart, Costco, you know, grocery stores. What's going to happen is that starts to have a, a lag time effect on these businesses and they start to have issues and they start to slow down and they start to say, whoa, our overhead and our cash flow is changing to the point where we need to cut some overhead. And then what that means is they start taking measures to to counteract this. They either raise prices, right? But that could be an issue because if they raise prices, we'll, we'll buy less. We'll stop shopping more and more, right? They also have to compete with other businesses. So the next natural idea here is that they start to lay people off. And that's when we start to see issues. So you're seeing a lot of businesses kind of cut back or lower their forecast for the year. Uh, What I look at personally is when I start to see Walmart um, and like Target and everyone say, okay, we are actually laying off our regular staff, not our seasonals. They're, they're excited for the season coming up, I'm sure. Uh, But we'll know more maybe as January rolls or yeah, January, but even mid-December, you'll kind of get an idea. And from there, we could see January, February, March of 2023. That's when you start seeing the real deal of like, hey, how are we looking uh, for these retailers? Are they actually cutting back more? Are they excited for 2023? Like, are we seeing a surge in shopping and strength in that? And that's kind of the fundamental backbone of like, how are we looking as a general economy. Um, You can look at all kinds of data that you want, but when you look at like something real like that, that's when you know, like this is what most of America is feeling or most of the world could be feeling too. So that's, that's a good measure, a good metric that I I typically look at for myself. Um, My expectation personally, as I look at like geopolitical things going on, I really strongly feel like China is hiding some stuff financially uh, that eventually it'll work its way through and eventually it could be big issues. To top it off, they have a zero COVID policy and they've been shutting down probably at least every quarter for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And that's a big deal. I mean, if you cut out 30 or 40% of a quarter in terms of productivity, it takes time to get back to it. One, it's 
every, the world depends on manufacturing and the, the capital of manufacturing comes from China typically. So this is something to look out for. I, I definitely feel some underlying issues that don't seem to be coming to light. And if they do come to light, it could be bad. But if they don't, it'll just take time and eventually it comes out. Uh, so be aware of that. That's a big deal. Um, China is scaring me. The war in Russia and Ukraine are also creating conflicts that's kind of related to Bitcoin too, which is nice. I'll talk about that in a sec. But if you think about it, the Euro or Europe itself is going to run into a potential gas crisis. Uh, they're not getting their natural gas from Russia or Ukraine. Uh, grains are also not coming from there. So it's going to affect the world in a big way. Uh, but number one, it's all tied to money. So <clears throat> keep that in mind. This could lead to a big crisis. We're already seeing political instability with the Brit British PM. She already stepped down after like, what, five weeks? Um, a lot like Lebanon is having issues. Uh, countries in South America are having issues. So it's kind of like exactly what you see when um, global crises, global potential depression could happen. Uh, so just something to keep in mind. All right. And I'm not trying to doomsday everybody or show things, but I'm trying to tell you to just be aware. Don't get in a stupid debt, you know, get ready in case there is a downturn, because that's when good opportunities start to pop up. Don't start going crazy now, but wait for things to happen. And then that's when you can see like 2008, it was terrible, but you could find houses for like pennies on the dollar. It was insane. Um, so who knows? We'll see what happens. That's definitely what we've been kind of patiently waiting on. And I, you know, I hope everyone's well, just take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Uh, let's talk about Bitcoin. So from Bitcoin standpoint, it is pretty much related inversely to instability. So let's think about it this way. Um, Bitcoin is just simply an algorithm that can't be manipulated, especially in a, in a negative manner. Um, it can't be created or destroyed, right? So we're always fixed at a certain amount of Bitcoin. And what's crazy though, is if people lose their keys, <laughs> that Bitcoin's gone forever, uh, which inherently makes all the other Bitcoins around even more valuable. So this is like a version of digital rarity or even even more rare than gold really um so it's something to think about but the true power in bitcoin versus other quote-unquote cryptocurrencies is that this is literally just a countermeasure to human emotion and how it relates to power and power is in turn related to money right like typically money and power are almost exact uh interchanges like you can interchange those both um, with Bitcoin, it is permissionless, it is borderless. And so as an example, in Lebanon, where there's been a lot of financial turmoil and issues and, and you know, everything there, a lot of the locals are turning to Bitcoin because one, you don't know what your bank will do the next day. You don't know what will happen if you get paid by your job and it's in money that is worthless the next day or it loses half of its value the next day, right? This is where this power really shows for something like Bitcoin. Um, I've said the same thing in like some South American countries. I know Brazil 
has been having issues with elections, right? Um, I know we're coming up on a big election cycle. So if you can just imagine this, simply all it is is like a countermeasure to human emotion. And it's the fact that you can depend on this. If you have an internet connection, you have a phone, heck, even if you don't have that, but you just have a USB uh, stick, like you can carry your currency with you and it doesn't matter where you go. It's borderless. So that's the beauty with Bitcoin. And again, I mean, it could turn into like a five hour pod, honestly, talking about it. Um, so I'll just give you some of the, the rough stuff there. Um, but let's talk about what I'm expecting or excited about for Bitcoin. Uh, if you look at the chart, it's been building a very, very strong base at about the $20,000 level um, there currently. And that's really powerful because what tends to happen, especially with Bitcoin, is we go in these cycles. You have about three years up, one year down, three years up, one year down. And it's almost happened, I think, three or four times now. And it's really interesting because we're in that like down year where we're just building a base. And we've done it time and time again. You know, it shoots up to $100, then back to 5 then it shoots up to $1,000 and it's back to, you know, 50 or something. Then we've shot up to 60 grand and now we're just down to 20 and building that strong base at that level. And the reason why that's important is when you build this base, you can shoot up even further and then maybe it comes back down. Maybe it stays up. Who knows? Uh, but I will tell you this, when you see a lot of the news articles, a reminder they're looking for clicks, so they're always going to give you the most outrageous, most outlandish thing uh, that's out there. Uh, so don't be scared by what you read. Um, the real thing is that there's a lot of power to an algorithm that is not manipulated by people and an algorithm that is sort of not able to be manipulated by politicians. That is easily probably one of the most powerful tools that can be out there. Uh, so bear that in mind. Um, if you have any questions, maybe reach back out here. I'd be happy to at least interact and, and talk about it. I know uh, my dad is very anti-Bitcoin, or he, quote-unquote, doesn't understand it. Um, but he said the same thing about iPhones back in the day, and now that's all they buy. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, and I'll give you more updates in the future. I, I intend to have more frequent posts. It's just been hard. Life has really gotten in the way lately. And I understand it. And I hope you can understand too. But nonetheless, uh, money is just money. You know, don't let it control you. Use it as a tool. And uh, the true inherent value out there is your, your experiences, your time, your family, you know, so treasure that. Uh, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.